And then, and then, Mickey Rooney said, no, I was, the, the light was in my eyes, I was just squinting. Racism. Yeah. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Big Damn Cast, episode 400 and Tennington. I am Big Damn Chris. I am Big Damn Matt. And have we got some things for you to listen to this week? Have we? I mean, I freaking hope so, any... otherwise what a waste of time. What happened this week? They'll be looking at that runtime now thinking, are they just going to spend the next hour and a half going, uh... I'm going to spend the next two hours oh. telling, On the you job. About, telling you about the ins and outs, the complex history of the IW Transformers series. I mean, I'll... It's I'm my new lie. series... Matt explains, Matt explains the complex history. The complex history of IDW's Transformers. No, I'm not going to do that. I would listen to that, though. I'll do that at some point. I have um, listened to it, and I would listen to it again oh. in audio form. Oh. Um, but what we have got to talk about this week... Yes. ...by Jing Trailers is, came out. Yes, trailers came all over the shop. For The Mummy. Yes. For It. Yes. And a very brief teaser trailer just dropped, like, a couple of hours before we started recording this, for Marvel's... The Defenders. Aye. On Netflix. Yes, and... (laughs) Oh, God. Also in the world of... Oh, God. That's why I asked for a Coke. Also in the world of... (laughs) Also in the world of trailers, Doctor Who whacked out a teaser trailer this week, which I think we'll touch on as well briefly, because that was... That surprised me, did that old trailer. We'll touch Um, Doctor And we've also got some chinwags about leaked... I say that with scare quotes. Details for the next game in the Arkham series. What? The, the leaky ship that is Warner Brothers. Yeah, again, take it all with a grain of salt. No proof. It's all leaks, but it's worth talking about. Uh, we are also going to touch up... Ha 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 ha! No. We're going to touch on... What else are we talking about this week? Joss remember. Whedon. That's the one. We're going to touch up Joss Whedon. Is he making Batgirl? And is that a good thing? Well, I mean, yes, is the answer to that question on the surface, but we'll get into details. Is it, though? We'll talk about that. Yeah. And also your emails and... What's um, the ons? And the bit where we'll get naked, and one of us, at one point, will rub ice cream into the tip of the other's penis. (laughs) And for one lucky listener, for one lucky listener who can pinpoint the exact moment, they're going to win a Toyota Yaris. So... Before we get to that <laughs> elusive moment, or has it already happened? You tell us. Um, Matt, let's talk trailers, baby. Oh, God. Which... <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, so, let's, let's bring the rude right now. Good luck. Uh, let's talk about something awful. Yes. Let's talk about the mummy. Oh, sweet lord. It looks fucking dull. So, it looks so dull. We got our second trailer this week. I like to think of it as the third trailer, because the second one was technically the IMAX one with the terrible audio that they tried to make us forget. <laughs> from the trailer, it seems like we've been hearing a lot more of that scream. Yeah, oh this God. Film. <laughs> So, brief history of The Mummy. Uh, Mummy is one of the original big universal monster movies from the 1930s, I think. The Mummy was the 30s, or might have been the uh, early 40s. Pos- pos- but it's, it's, one of, it's one of the, yeah, it's one of the OG 
uh, Hollywood monster movies based around, you know, a bunch of guys, like, an expedition to Egypt, and they dig up a tomb, and unfortunately a curse follows them, and, you know, the, the mummy rises, and all this stuff, and, you know, it's old school horror, like, every mummy trope you've ever heard of in any story since then is because of that film, um, the mummy rocks up in different contexts. I think Hammer had a mummy film at one point, if I'm not mistaken. Possibly. Um, you know, it's 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 a non copyrighted story because it's just an idea based around a real thing, based yeah. around superstition of that real thing. Um, then in the nineties, nineteen ninety nine, uh, the mummy comes out, which is the version with Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz. That was an action adventure horror movie. No, so sorry, sorry. nineteen thirty two was the original Boris Karloff. Thirty two, there it is. And then, oh, so the, is that pre Dracula then? Must, uh, I think Dracula's thirty three. Oh, the Dracula might be thirty one. And then um, the yeah. Mummy with Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz was nineteen ninety nine. And that is a great movie, a lot of fun. It's an action adventure film with a horror theme. Uh, its sequel is a bit more silly, but still has some decent moments. But the, the there's key a third point... one that's worth. Not worth it. I've yeah. not seen the third one. Third the, key point, the key point with the first two is that they're fun. Yeah, they are fun they're movies fun. that are set in the 30s slash 40s, like, you know, the original 20s, sort of... Pre... It might be, actually, yeah. Pre-Second World War, post-First World War. Because it keeps that... It certainly keeps that vibe. It keeps the whole... Mm. You know, this is... It's about, it's about Egyptology and passion for history and discovery and... What things should be? What things should be left buried? What should we leave behind? It's not worth poking around in our past. Maybe we shouldn't go around digging people's graves up. Yeah. Well, what have we done? Uh, you mustn't read from the book. I love it. It's a great. It. In this so in this good. house, that movie is probably in the top ten in this house uh, because it's I don't just. I've got that far personally, but well, we like we do have a bit of an obsession with it. Lucy in particular adores that. I film. went through a period of having a big obsession with it. It's looks like we got all the horses. <laughs> hey, Benny, looks like you're on the wrong side of the river. Oh, I remember when Ben and Fraser was, like, relevant. Well, that was, the fil- that was the film that proved he... Because he was always, like, he's a comedy guy, but he's not quite he's not quite leading man material. And then that movie went, we're going to take a chance here. We're going to put him in the leading man role. And it works. Yeah, it really works. Because he's not a straightforward, rugged leading man, but he plays it completely mm. seriously. They just... They allow him to um, play with the comedy of it when those moments are, are are appropriate. Yeah, and also like the surrounding cast. Like, oh, what's, what's his name? He plays Jonathan. Uh, oh god, um, what's his name? Billy Humhay. Oh god, Scottish actor John Hanna. John Hanna. John Hanna is great. Um, like Omid Jalili's in the first one and is a boy in role. Like it's Arnold Vosloo. Is um he's the mummy? He's the mummy, yeah. Of course, he's here. Immortal. Like he's Immortal. great, and it's the, it's the fact that they go the reverse way. It's not like this thing that becomes scarier as it goes on. He goes from being this creepy old corpse into a full fleshed human, and that and you feel the threat of that. It sort of plays on the trope of it being oh, well, they must they must sustain themselves and stay young while they'll become the creature. And it's like no, they're going to go the other way around, mm-hmm. and he's going to be intimidating the more human he becomes. Um, decent CGI it's that late night CGI where they're really experimenting with it but it's not aged badly like a lot of other films in that era lost in space <laughs> <coughs> that looks um, terrible yeah <coughs> I've not seen the movie for a while so I'm, I'm not sure personally how the effects hold up it's a mix me. of practical and CGI Ardith yeah. Bay as well the head of the Magi oh, and all that stuff that. yeah 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 there's some really good stuff and the yeah. sequel the sequel is a bit more miss, but there's a lot of fun in there too. Still, yeah, it's uh, the on the moon, um, all that stuff. <laughs> so, new mummies on the way. Now, new it was kind of spoiled for us a bit a couple of years ago when Universal announced they were doing their own Marvel Cinematic Universe, but mm-hmm. with the Universal monsters. And we're like, uh, didn't you already do that? 
in the 30s when a couple of those properties crossed over. You've already done it. You yeah, were the OG. They can't make money from those movies anymore. Well, they probably could if they relied on them. But yeah, they're not like Marvel, but not, not Tony Stark money. So we're getting this universe. Something that has not been brought up much since is the fact that Russell Crowe's character in this movie, the 2017 Mummy, is Dr. Henry Jekyll. They haven't brought that up a lot in the marketing lately at all. In fact, it's not been in any of the official press release stuff lately because I think they're hoping everyone's forgotten that they circle-jerked when they first announced these movies and gave that away early days. So they're, they're going to do he'll a be, reveal. He'll be the, yeah, it'll be a reveal <laughs> in the movie, guaranteed. In fact, the post credit scene, I guarantee, is Jekyll turning into Hyde because they won't put any thought into it. They'll just be, oh, that's happened now. Just and think- he'll be the interconnecting thing. But I think Tom Cruise has a multi-movie contract as well. Because this movie, based on the trailer, isn't a mummy movie. It's a Tom Cruise movie where the threat happens to be a mummy. Yeah. That's the vibe we're getting. Yeah. Now, Tom Cruise is like, he's a bankable action star. He's a bankable star in general. And he's been good in things. He's never been... I don't think he's ever been terrible in this Tom Cruise era of Tom Cruise movies. I know. Some people will have bad things to say about Jack Reacher, but I've not seen either of them. Same. Well, I've seen... I think I've seen a scene from the second one that was a bit... But, like, Tom Cruise is... Is Tom Cruise. He does Tom Cruise. He does Tom Cruise well. But he's becoming a genre. It's sort of... a genre unto himself. Yeah. Like, in the same way that Liam Neeson did Taken. Yeah. And then then did Unknown, I think it was. He just did a whole And then did, like, The Grey. It's like, this one's Taken, but he punches a wolf. This one's Taken, but there's no Taken daughter. And it's just like, he's amazing, and he'll always deliver... But he's becoming a genre. He'll always deliver the same thing. Yeah, it's 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 something that was perfected and honed in the eighties by the likes of Van Damme and Schwarzenegger. Like they themselves sort of became a genre. Yeah. But it worked then because I think cinema needed that sort of ridiculousness and high level of action and and that slight. Oh, they're not brilliant actors, but we have a lot of fun watching them. Kind of vibe. Yeah. Whereas Cruz has proven to be a pretty great actor, but we're in this place now where people are hungry for variety. Well, here you go. Here's a Marvel Cinematic Universe mummy movie with Tom Cruise. Oh, and a mummy. It just... I'm not feeling it. It looks interesting, but not. it's not grabbed me. For someone who likes the Universal original and who likes that legacy and who really likes the 90s ones, and I accept that it's not the ninety one, the nineteen ninety nine one. It's not the same sort of film. I accept that, but this film just looks like Tom Cruise and a bunch of action set pieces with the gazelle lady from Kingsman as a mummy. It looks like it's taking itself a little too seriously. Yeah, which I think might be yeah. its downfall. But we'll, I mean, we'll see when it comes which, out. But which it could, the which it could, if it was a horror in the vein of the original. But it's an action movie, so it needs to be a bit more absurd. It I needs, think, it needs to enjoy yeah. its stupid premise. Um, because I was thinking, if you're going to do The Mummy, it shouldn't be a giant action film. It shouldn't. You could escalate so that the third act, the threat is a much bigger physical threat. You could do that. But it should be, I don't know. The Mummy works better not as an action flick, is a sentence a lot of people would have said pre-99, I guess. But like, 99 proved that, oh no, you could do The Mummy in an old school serial action adventure style. Yeah, but in a the... modern action film, it's a bit yeah, a modern po-faced action film. Yeah, because oh again, it's about that sense of fun. That's what balances the action. If you want to make it a horror, you need to have that suspense. You yeah. need to have that serious tone. But then, when you start putting ridiculous action sequences in it, 
it starts to stretch. You, you, your, your, your suspension of disbelief is stretched by the supernatural... Um, and your willingness to go along with the movie is already stretched by the supernatural elements. When you put the superhuman action in it, yeah, it's stretched to breaking point. I feel like you, you have to, you have to have, you can't have it all. No, because uh, when you when you're going yeah. into a movie called The Mummy, you're expecting something akin to that I'm original concept, yeah. and what we're getting is Tom Cruise is slightly supernaturally powered, teams up with Russell Crowe. I wonder who he's playing, um, fighting. Uh, a, po- a, a an apocalyptic London sort of it's just yeah it's too much. I, also, if they're going to do this movie universe, if they have to do it, which apparently they do, because everyone's out of ideas, because Disney got there first with a gold mine, and everyone's panicking and trying to do it themselves. Yeah, if they're going to do it, set it in the late Victorian era and have them all set around that time. Stand out by doing that. Yeah. That would be amazing. And and cast these modern action <clears throat> stars and stuff. Maybe have it lead in up that to period. the period. When was the last time we saw Tom Cruise like that? It, interview with the Vampire probably. It was the last time we saw him in a period setting. Yeah. Like, even War of the Worlds was modernised. Not a bad film. But again, that film sort of missed the point of, of the charm of the original. Is Was that the world could not fight against this sort of stuff at that point. But seeing tanks, like, die against the tripods is more impressive because it shows that even we don't stand a chance. Yeah, but it's not the same. Like, you've inserted action into a, mo- into a story that wasn't about action. I don't know, I think... It was about, I think it was the, about terror and incre- creeping dread. I think the action was quite restrained. The Red Vines! Not to be confused with Red Vine. The, the, the action was quite restrained in War of the Worlds, I thought. It's all chase and pursuit stuff. Like, there's no, yeah. well, there's exactly. no direct confrontation with the Martians apart from... And it's like one set piece in a city where you see them like <clears throat> fighting a tripod and it doesn't obviously doesn't work in their favour. Um, no, you don't, you don't actually see the military directly engaging a tripod until right at the end when they're already, right, when they're already dying off. Which is more spectacular with them just dying, though, because they all get... Yeah. It's, it's that wonderful thing of, in their hubris... They assumed they had the earth. They didn't take into account the birds. They didn't think about the common colds. They didn't think about germs. Mm. The war was won by the tiniest soldiers imaginable. Oh, God, I love that original story. Um, and I quite like this as a five movie. But again, that movie's also Tom Cruise in yeah. a film that's kind of based on War of the Worlds, sort of. Whereas this is Tom Cruise in a film that might be something to do with the mummy. Yeah. It just, I don't see what the going for no i just uh, did, uh keep in mind as well this is this is now part one of this cinematic universe but this was intended to be part two but, mm. dracula untold was given a post-credit scene set in modern day that's that starts the original story of dracula but in modern day and has like charles dance's character there being like it begins. There's a post-credit sequence, Dracula Untold, and that was apparently added to tie into their upcoming films. But then that film underperformed based on their expectations, so they decided, nah, we're gonna, the mummy will be the first one. Yeah. So what begins? See what I mean? It's just a load of bollocks. It's a load of bollocks. <laughs> Nothing begins, I guess. It's metal. Warner Brothers dishing out DC films at a rate of knots, so they're trying to play catch-up instead of being good individual movies. Freaking Universal doing this shite. Like, it was, it was working with Hasbro to, to do, like, 
G.I. Joe meets Transformers meets all this shit. Like, there's another studio that are thinking about doing that. G.I. Joe is going to well, tie into Transformers in ha- its next movie. Hasbro have, have unified their comics properties. Yeah. IDW have, have, have As worked. far as I know, as a testing ground. Yeah. Yeah. They've worked all their... Now, in a comic, that kind of works. In a comic, yeah. um, I dig that, but I don't want to see G.I. Joe meets Transformers in the movie, because it'll be Bayformers and all this shit. Yeah, and, just... and it'll be not good G.I. Joes. Um, A.K.A. the first G.I. Joe movie. Yeah. Um, oh, apparently, G. I., that's some news that crept out, crept out this week. G.I. Joe Retaliation isn't getting a follow-up. They're rebooting the whole thing again. So it's probably because they're trying to get it to tie into Transformers. If they'd have booted it up right the first time around, yeah, they have to do that. Um, oh, God. Let's talk take about, take let, me away from the mummy. I'm going to take you away. I'm going to take you away from the mummy, and I'm going to take you down. Oh. Down, oh. down, down. Where we all float. <gasps> so the It trailer finally dropped. Oh, I thought you were going to say New Key. <laughs> everyone, everyone surfs. You know, so. The Black Sea. Bless you. Float. You can't say that nowadays. <laughs> uh, yes, It! <laughs> Stephen Kioyang's Itoye. Stephen Kioyang. I, I think this deserves a biscuit. Me, this, this film looks alright, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Let's stop rustling it on the... Stop rustling it on... Oh, no, that's horrible! It's in my ears! Have a biscuit, little cream. Um, yeah. ASMR chocolate biscuits. being sick um no puking it is probably my favorite book ever probably yeah thought you were a fan of the yellow pages hey no once i got tall enough i didn't really need to use it anymore <laughs> um <laughs> everyone who didn't to get that reference yeah everyone who didn't get that <laughs> you're too young to be listening to this um, podcast <laughs> um i like the look of this yeah it, it looks like creeping dread it looks Pretty cool. It just looks unnerving from from the start of the trailer to the end. Yeah, this is our first like in motion glimpse of it all, isn't it? Yeah, prior to this, we've just had we've, we've had, had a couple of stills. Of and we had a production still of of the costume, the Pennywise costume and makeup. Yeah, but um, yeah, seeing it in motion is we've not had his voice yet. Still, mm-hmm. I wonder if he'll talk. He'll talk. I wonder because he fucks with him. He does, but. I mean, you can clarify this because you've read you've read the book how many times? He has to think about it. That says it all. He's he's, he's sat here, arm on the window ledge, finger to lips, staring pensively into the distance as he tries to recount the amount of times he's read this book. That says everything. That tells you he's read it more times than he can immediately recall. I don't think it's in the double figures yet. Lies, lies from tiny eyes. I'm very familiar with it. Is there a scene? Like the end of the trailer, with him looking at him in the in the in the like flooded basement, and his brother going like, "You'll float too, you'll float too." Not I really, don't recall that. Not directly, no. See, I'm wondering if he's going to speak through other people. I'm thinking what they've done, because he looks spoiler alert for the for the book. It he looks like he's got both of his arms. Yeah. So I don't think that's really him. I think that's a hallucination. Oh yeah, no, of course it yeah. isn't. Which suggests to me that maybe that's how he's going to talk. Possibly. Through other people. Which is a bit of a shame, but we don't know if it's true. 
But it would also be interesting as well. It's like, okay, that's kind of cool. It would be interesting. I don't think it, it. I don't think they should go in that direction. No, I don't think they will go in that direction. But it would be. It could be interesting. But because um, he does like to fuck with them, but it's it's not going to be as outwardly goofy as the, as the Tim Curry version. Hmm. Uh, Which wasn't made to be goofy, though, was it? That's the weirdest thing. It's no, sort of aged that it's way. It's just aged that way, yeah. Um, um, I can still rewatch that because it was it was a TV miniseries, wasn't it? Yeah, I can still watch that now and be intimidated up until they flash forward to the present day and I see anyone's haircut. <laughs> That's when it breaks it for me. <laughs> the moment I see their haircuts, I'm like, ah! oh god, no. There are some pretty terrible barnets in that film. I was a oh yeah, I was a real butterball. Are you really? Like, is your idea of foreplay yeah, John, is to tell her how fat you were as a child? She knows how fat he was as a child. No, no, it's to, that's someone else, isn't it? But, but it's like it's, yeah. you bet your fern. We used to say this is not how you do foreplay. I do love John Ritter though. John Ritter is pretty great in it. John Ritter is great in everything. Yeah, he's John Ritter. Um, Rest in peace, John Ritter. It's not like he died recently. He died. A long time yeah, ago, but still, um, um, he's great. I mean, it, the are great. I mean, even Andy Dick isn't distracting. <laughs> well, if he keeps it in his pants, it's fine. Um, oh God! Yay! They looked into his deadlights. No, I think they whipped out his deadlights, but I think this new one is going to live or die on the strength of its child actors, of which we have alumni of um, we have Stranger Things. Alumni, Stranger Things, yeah. Finn Wolfhard is playing Richie. Finn was Finn. Finn was Mike in Stranger Things. So Finn was mostly comatose for Stranger Things. No, but that's, that's Will. Will, right? Finn's okay. Mike. He's the main kid. Okay, so that alone suggests that they've got an they've eye got, for good. They've talent. got at least one great child actor in this. I don't. I don't think I've seen any of the other child actors in anything else. Um, but they all look the part. They'll um, they, they'll look pretty cool. Um, from what the trailer, it looks like they're not using the same set pieces as, um, or at least they're not telling them strictly the same way because yeah. we, we figured out that the projection scene the legendary projection scene of this trailer yeah, is main, not from the books the but it seems to be replacing the, the, the photo, photo album yeah because the main thing they've done is they've moved the the child portion of the story forward from the 50s uh, well as far as I know this film is just the child portion of the story yeah, the, original, the original yeah. intention was two movies released a year apart I think that's still the intent uh, I, hope well. I wouldn't be surprised if they've already gone into production on the second one. Um, I think they might be waiting to see how the first one does. Because this could probably stand on its own. I don't think it mm. should. No, I, I agree. I, the whole story's more interesting, but... Oh, actually, do you know what? That's probably what they're going to do. Because mm. they, all these freaking studios now are about franchises. Well, how do you franchise a horror film? Like, you can either have James Wan make The Conjuring and it's a pretty decent modern ghost story and then he gets butchered by having freaking two Annabelle sequels. Yeah. Oh yeah. Here's a review of the new Annabelle trailer. Why? Okay, there it is. There you go. Um, so you do that or you go, well, it's a property that's known. We'll do it the movie. Oh, brilliant. Then if it does well, we'll do a sequel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. Oh, wait, I know. We'll tell the story of them as kids. That's the movie we'll release, and then when the studio are like release another, we'll do the rest of it. But them. I think that was always the plan. The, Going back, they to... did announce that it was going to be in two parts, but that was I think that was the because this is the second director who's working on it. It was originally Kerry Fukugawa who worked on True, the first season of True Detective. Yeah, this is still using his script, right? Okay, or a version of his script. Okay, um, 
but they had to bring a different director on. Yeah. Um, but that was going to be two movies as well. Mm. Where the narrative split, I'm not sure, because in the book it spends the whole time going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Which works well in the book. Yeah, because it doesn't climax, work as well in the TV series, no. the TV miniseries. It wouldn't work as well because the climaxes of both timelines come at the same point. Yeah. Ultimately. And also, the, the climax of each timeline is basically the same thing. Sort of, like, yeah. But very, it's a bit know. more. It's a bit more finite in the present day one. Yeah, yeah. But it's roughly the same kind of climax. So it's um, it's we go down here, we face off against it down here. Yeah, and that's the end of the story. Oh wait, no, it isn't. We've got to do it all again in twenty five years time. So I, th- I think, but what they've done in this is they moved the child portion forward to the eighties to the to ape the style of the time the book came out. Yeah, and probably also unintentionally, because the pre-production would have began before this came out, but it's sort of riding off the back of the Stranger Things resurgence yeah, of yeah. horror and, yeah. and the whole Stephen King vibe. This pre-production of, began, but Finn and Wolfhard went straight from Stranger Things into filming this. This is one of two Stephen King things coming out this year, isn't it? Dark Tower. Get Dark Tower later this year as well. But we've had no trailer for the Dark Tower yet, and it's been pushed back to August. What, the release? Mm. It's coming out before this. That is a bit worrying. It's coming out before it. That is a bit yeah, worrying, it isn't is it? Worrying. It is worrying. Mind you, we've not had a trailer for Thor Ragnarok or Star Wars yet. Yeah. And these are properties that we're kind of comfortable about. Mm. And they're big tentpole ones as well. So. But Dark Tower... Dark Tower's worrying. Mm. But... This looks good. So, and obviously, the, when they, if they do do a second film, or if they do do any flash-forward stuff in this, which I doubt they will, because if any of the adults... I bet, you, cast, I bet you it'll be like a mid-credits teaser. If any of the adults who've been cast would have heard about it already. Yeah. Because they'd have gone from known actors. Because mm. they're all supposed to be in their late thirties. Yeah. Hot damn. Um, all I know, all I know is I'm like, I know that story works. So if it's told well, yeah, it'll make a great yeah, yeah. freaking movie. And it, what, what's interesting about it is, like I said, like I was saying earlier, it looks like they've not used all the same set pieces from the books, but they've twisted them all around. Yeah. Um, like instead of instead of Mike facing off against the bird in the wreckage of the um. Uh, in the wreckage of the ironworks, now it looks like he's being confronted by a, a, the ghost of the Black Spot disaster, which is yes. mentioned, that's mentioned yeah. in the book. Yeah, it doesn't get mentioned in the TV show, but it's mentioned in the book, yeah. and he hears about it afterwards. But then bringing that into the images is quite is quite a nice, is quite a, um, a nice a nice uh, theme, and it looks like it's Stan from what from what I can tell of the cast. I think it's Stan that sees the house on Nyabolt Street first, as opposed to Eddie and. Um, Bill, so you know, mixing, mixing around that stuff uh, could keep it interesting. And so you're going to go into the movie knowing the book, but and not be surprised what story, yeah, what what version of the story you're going to get here. Because you don't, because you you know, you're not going to know what what's, what scares coming up when. Mm. And of course, and of course, that black fluid that's going all over Bev, that's going to be blood in the film. Yes, that will. That will, is going to be red in the film. That will be a, that'll have been altered for the trailer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. I'm geared. I'm pretty psyched I'm for this. I'm really excited for it. Uh, it looks really good. We'll keep a top of that as it develops. Speaking of developments. Very nicely segued. Damn it, I ruined it by saying very nicely segued. This Defenders trailer just appeared out of nowhere. Yeah. It's a very, very short. He's like 18 seconds long. Mm, it's not, it doesn't even have a title. Nope. It doesn't, doesn't even have like a logo, Marvel logo or credits or anything. And it's just CCTV footage of the four Defenders in an elevator. Looking like it's maybe post-fight or yeah. on the way to a fight. Uh, Luke's got bullet holes in his shirt. Of course Danny he does. looks knackered. Yeah. 
Um, probably because he's been fighting on Twitter all night. Oh. Badumtish. Um, um, uh, Matt Murdock. Matt's got some oh, kind well, of improvised. We presume it's Matt Murdock, but it's, it's Matt Murdock. He's still wear, he's wearing his normal normal suit, not his super suit, his normal suit. But he's full on lawyer suit. He's got some some form of improvised mask tied around his his face to to drop, presumably to keep his identity secret, which none of the other three really care about. Yeah. Um, and then Jessica notices the surveillance camera and smacks it. Yeah. And the footage stops on the time code 08 18 20 17. What are you trying to say, Matt? suggests that the series may be launching on Friday the 18th of August 2017. I would say that's a pretty damn safe bet. Considering this trailer... Isn't a traditional trailer in any way. There's no, no it's literally there's just no information. Yeah. I would say that that is the point of this teaser trailer is to say, hey everybody, this is where this is coming out. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it, man. I've still not watched Iron Fist. Still not touched on it, and I'm wondering whether or not, for experimental reasons, I shouldn't bother with it. Yeah. And then I'll. Touch I've still on not it. finished Iron Fist. I'll probably finish it before the Defenders come out, but I think that's a good plan. If you hold off it, because yeah. I, I, I honestly can't recommend it. Um. That sort of that's what's done it. It's the web's yeah. entire thing and yourself just going. Eh. I'm like, yeah. yeah and I'm really enough. sad. I really wanted to like it, but it's just not maybe good. maybe maybe Danny's fist will be wielded sort of more expertly and carefully in the defenders. Who knows? I'd like that. But yeah, defenders teaser. That's just that's you know possibly just waiting for <laughs> us in the summer. But what, what's just around the corner, Chris? What's just around the corner? Driving out of here. Sorry, who? Driving out of Homney. How do we feel about the next series of Doctor Who going off this trailer? I'm a lot more excited than I was before. I'm a little more optimistic. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not like, oh my god, get it in my face now. But so many vistas, so many vistas, <laughs> so many vistas. Um, they're using a trick that they've used the last couple years, which is. Filling the trailer with their expensive establishing shots. Yeah. So, I'm not like, oh my god, yes, based on the locations. Because I'm like, no, that's the expensive location shot, establishing shot that they put into every episode. Set on an alien planet or whatever. However, there is a nicer sort of variety to the palette of the series. Yeah. It looks more varied. The places they go look different. Um... Looks like they're getting monsters again. Yeah, like a variety of creatures. Yeah. Um, which would be nice. Um, including that weird sort of like four-legged, um, like dog-like hell beast from Hellboy 1 sort of thing. Well, that's just not all. It's his true form. When he takes off the duffel coat. That would be hilarious. I mean, if that happens, I'd be like, sold. When he takes off his skin suit. Sold. I'd be sold. Nardo was a slave. It's like the guy with it's like the alien with the head on the pole in Black Men in Black. Oh god, yeah. He takes the overcoat off. Mikey. And he's working a yeah. <laughs> he's working an animatronic head under the under the overcoat. God, that's so good. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean that the variety of monsters looks nice. Mm. The whole trailer's got this spirit of there's no doom and gloom vibe to the Which trailer. Which nice, nice. Because the last couple of years it has been this whole thing of like I'm a good man and all this stuff. And whereas this year it's more doom you know, and gloom. It's I'm not sure about the a time for heroes 
because it just seems a bit cheesy to me. Because we don't yeah. know this. if this was if it was a cast we knew, if it was like three characters we already knew, for example, really well. That'd be kind of cool. If it's time for heroes, you'd be like, yeah, they're coming back to save the day. If it's Bill's hero's journey, though, that could be quite interesting. Yeah, could be. Um, Bill's less annoying in this trailer. Yeah, because she doesn't say as much. Yes. But I have a feeling that we've probably seen the worst bits of her. You think I, she's, I, do, you think she's been, do you think she's been Patty Tooland? I hope she's been mismarketed. Do you, do you think she's been Patty Tooland? Possible. Oh, hell no. I the devil is I... alive! I hope Oh, wow. So. That's really annoying. I bet she's going to be really annoying the whole movie. Oh, no, that's just like one of the two moments yeah. where she shouts in the Sorry, whole thing. I ho- I'm hoping that that's... Yeah, that's not indicative yeah. of, the, of the performance as a whole. But Because I'd like to like Companion again. I'd like to like the show again. Capaldi looks very doctory. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to say in year three slash four. Also final year. Yeah. But, like... Tennant sort of had that look from the start. Each of them tends to... Every Doctor, really, in their first series... <coughs> <coughs> they all have a coffee fit. <coughs> Nardo, <coughs> quickly! Grab me a Beckonese. Um <laughs> So, yeah. Get me some Cavernia. <clears throat> Cough medicine with clout. Oh, we've run out. <laughs> Why do you sound like Frank Spencer? <laughs> Very good question. Um, <laughs> d- Bill, <laughs> could you get the hay fever tablets, please? It's like a kitchen. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's not. No, it's not. It's not, it's not no, no, it's not. Oh, he's dead, <gasps> and he's regenerating. <laughs> it's a Haley Atwell. We little, can dream. Little teaser that in the trailer. Yeah, now that is that. That's bold. Grabbed me by my glowing orange testes. Um, Why are you going orange? I just, yeah, just, I'm just, I'm just going to say it. Never lick coins, kids. Never <laughs> lick pennies. <laughs> you think it'll be fun. You're like, oh, it's like licking a switch cartridge, but it just, it never ends well for anyone. <laughs> End up with copper, copper, copper coppers. <laughs> a copper coin purse. <laughs> um, so yeah. Him regenerating at the end is interesting because we, as the as Joe public, all know that his last story will be this Christmas in a Christmas special. So why is he regenerating in the footage for series ten? Uh, unless they've already started shoot Christmas and they're teasing it. Or... Oh shit! I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. I'd forgotten that it wasn't until Christmas. Yeah, he's not regenerating the series. He regenerates at Christmas. But uh, rumor doing the rounds on the internet is that he's going to die at the end of this episode and. The Christmas episode will be set in some kind of mid-regeneration uh, hallucinatory state for him. I hope not, because I'm sick of regeneration being turned into this big, grand sort I'm, of opera. I'm also sick of, of Christmas specials that aren't Christmassy or fun. Yeah. Oh, what's happening in this one? Oh, it's a wacky reunion of all your favourite pals as he dies, as his brain yeah. slowly turns off. Um... But all the same, shot of him regenerating the teaser has, has got me intrigued. Like, it's like, oh, I wonder what that's about. Intrigue way. Missy Dabbing. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> mostly because I know where Dabbing comes from now, so I'm like, really? You really want to reference that in your family show? Well. Bit of a dib dab. But don't, yeah. Don't. Um, don't. But what? Louis, is it Louis or Louis Moffat? Moffat Jr. Uh, took responsibility for that on Radio Times dot com this week he said that might be my fault I introduced dad to dabbing 
So you might have written it, it's, which sort of confirms, oh, so she is dabbing then. Yeah. She's specifically dabbing. It's not just Michelle Gomez in the trailer court doing a mid-little gesture. She's dabbing. Great. Nice. Cheers. Um, che- cheers, kid. Thanks, Stephen. It's, it's not the kid's fault, because he's no. just, you know, consuming pop culture. It's his dad's fault for misappropriating it. But it's very clever. Which he always fucking does. But it's constantly. Very clever. Which brings me to my final point about the trailer. I hate the idea of emoji robots. Hate it. But doesn't it look sunny and interesting in that location? Yes. It's got this really sort of bright, like it's like they're it's like they're in Spain or something. It's got that kind of glow to it that you get in really hot countries. But yeah, fucking emoji robots. Oh no. Anywho, let's talk about Arkham. Must we? I know we already did an episode on it. Must we, Matthew? But let's talk. Must about... we talk about one of my favorite things in the whole world? Let's talk about what's next. Well, nothing because the Arkham series is finished. Oh, have it! You try selling that to the Warner Brothers shareholders, Chris. Well, Arkham is a big brand name for a uh, video game. And um, well, no, the Asylum doesn't matter. And mental health care. Asylum is just attached to the best entry in the series. Yeah, right. Asylum's the best experience. City's the best game. Yes. Origins is a great script, but is hampered by many things. It's yes. And Night is a really cool experience, but a weird, wet, damp squib to end I, the series. I, on. I like Night Although way the free, the free more than I expected to. The free roaming of Night and the the amount of things you can do are phenomenal. Yeah, it's a very um, dense city. See the Joker's the key to Wallace. He's the funniest character. <laughs> Everything's dense. Everything's really dense. dense. Now Arkham finished with Arkham Knight. Um, we had Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Rocksteady went. Yeah, we're going to work on something else. We got Arkham Origins from Warner Brothers Montreal, and it didn't quite hit. And then Rocksteady were like, "Surprise, motherfuckers! We've actually got one more. Here's Arkham Knight. It's the conclusion to our Arkham trilogy." And Arkham Origins skulks into the corner crying because it's no one <laughs> invited to any Notice me, senpai. Now, those games made a lot of money. In fact, Warner Brothers had enough faith that they, probably after an argument, but even so, allowed Rocksteady to delay the release of Arkham Knight by, I think it was nine months? It was, it was meant to come out October 2014. And they were like, no, it won't be ready. It won't be ready. If I remember correctly, it was supposed to be done. Launch? No, no, it was, Oct- it was October launch, yeah. 2014 because it set at Halloween and they wanted it to come out oh, on Halloween. Yeah. And then they got it out July 2015. Um, shit a brick. Shit a brick. Uh, and it was pretty fun. Decent experience. Mm. Unless you're a PC gamer. Really sorry, guys. Yeah, sorry about that. Really sorry, guys. Which they still haven't fixed. Yeah, not our fault. So why are we apologizing? They're not going to fix it. They won't. Buy better games. Uh, but still, um, rumors have surfaced that there'd be another documentary in the series. Recently on Reddit, oh! so take this with a gallon of salt, a grain of salt the size of a small building. Yeah, um, two leaks have happened from apparently two disgruntled employees of Warner Brothers games, like one was Montreal. And I bet there's many more than two disgruntled employees in that place. Well, yeah, and this has happened before in recent years. Yeah, it has. Last it year, has. someone from Sony. Early in the year, dumped a bunch of Ghostbusters spoilers because they were like, I'm leaving the company, screw them, sod them all, there's a bunch of information, there you go, internet, enjoy. Mm-hmm. And every single one of those things on that list turned out to be true. Yeah. Every single one of those things that they said happened in the movie happened in the movie. So, 
that may have well yeah but that may have started a trend we, we, once again we all represent as the two people who didn't mind that movie I, um, I kind of liked it we had fun the more I think about it the more I'm like ugh but I remember enjoying myself so I'm not forced I'm curious to see how it holds up for a preview when I finally get around to watching it again I'm probably never going to watch it again and retain the and hope it, the, hope it the, stays good. The nice feelings yeah, I got. Fucking talk about Batman. Enough about Ghostbusters. We've talked enough but, about but, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters set that precedent, like with that leak, and I guess other people have gone. Oh, I'm going to do that now. I hate my work, so I'm going to leak some stuff. So Arkham's had a bit of a leak. Now again, yeah, take this with more salt than UOK's catalog. But here is because you pay case catalog in salt, you know. Uh, but here's a roundup. But this is at IP Sports Times. This sort of. They've, they've written the most concise version yes. of this information. Because if we're anything on my show, it's concise. Yeah, well, <laughs> but We say 40 minutes into the show. 40 minutes and three new stories in. But here we go. So the apparent title of this new f- this new film, this new yep. game, is they're sticking with Arkham because it's a recognisable brand. Batman Arkham Insurgency. Sounds like a mobile game. You would think that? I do not know that I share your opinion. Um, but yeah, so that, that's... Yeah, it does sound more like something that would be a spin-off, doesn't Cause it? Because Ar- Arkham Underworld is yeah, one, yeah. for example. Um, the game will be set after Origins, a way before Asylum. So Origins, is apparently, timeline-wise, uh, is five years before Asylum. I believe. Yeah. No, hang on. No, recently they've said it was um, it was eight, eight-ish years before Asylum. He becomes Batman... 10 years before Asylum. Like, that's when he starts actively being a vigilante. Origins is set two years into his time as Batman. It's a fucking long origin. Yeah, well, he's... Well, the thing is, exactly, Arkham Origins, but then in that game, Arkham had nothing to do with it, and the Arkham Origins of the title was just some voiceover on the radio during the end credits saying that Arkham, or- Arkham Asylum's been closed for a while, we're going to reopen it to rehabilitate some of these people. It's like, oh, that's why the game's called Arkham Origins. But yeah. that, that was two years into his career. Eight years later, Asylum happens. Six months after that, City happens. And then I think it's a year later is when Night happens, something like that. So basically, Batman's entire career over the course of the Rocksteady continuity, the Arkham voice, is about 12, 13 years. Yeah. Um, it's a fair dues. Uh, this game would be set in that eight-year gap between Origins and Asylum. Um, Batman Arkham Insurgency... <laughs> uh, players will take on the role of Batman and Robin. Robin would be co-op. Like in Night, so you have those sections, but Robin would also be playable for certain portions of the game. Dick? How dare you? Twat. <laughs> uh, yes, Dick Grayson. Yeah. Um, OG Robin. Uh, is the belief. Some people well, have said, it might, some people said it might be Jason Todd, but mm, screw that for a bag of soldiers. Can't be Tim. Um, it will feature a coastal region of Gotham City with a size that is equivalent to the islands featured in Arkham Knight. Plus, interiors have been expanded so players can get inside most of the buildings. That's pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. They're going to use the Arkham Knight engine. Same engine as Arkham Knight. It's a nice looking engine, unless you're playing on PC. Well, yes. Uh, Wayne Mansion and the Batcave can now be reached and explored. That's good. Batmobile gameplay has been changed. It will still be usable. It will no longer feature the tank mode. Yeah, because that makes no sense. Uh, and instead will be used for car chases and pursuit missions, as well yeah. as just generally getting around. You can't have all the tank stuff, because that was experimental in the night, wasn't it? Uh, you no, know, I think it was fully implemented. 
It was implemented, but you use you use like the prototype oh, at one right. point. Um, but the missiles, power winch, and EMP still remain for certain activities because you'll still use it for some puzzle solving. Um, yeah. Release date. The estimated release date is around November of this year. The belief a lot of this, a lot of these rumors have been sort of seen as maybe true. That's got to come at E3. Because, well, E3, information E3 overseas, I can't remember where, but somewhere got a press pack and in it the Warner Brothers announcement stuff listed Warner's Batman as one of the things. So, I, th- I it could be, it could totally be that, that the Batman thing they're announcing at E3 is just they've got the trailer for Telltale Season 2. Because Telltale doesn't close and it ends with a whole, we're going to do more. So it could be that. Because Telltale... Don't know when to stop. <laughs> Batman's not bad, actually. It's just everything. There's there's so many Telltale games now. That is true, but um, Batman was alright. Everything is Telltale. Uh, everything is Telltale. Um, uh, towards the end of the year, uh, it, it was. Hang on. Yeah, however, it was possible that it could be pushed back, seeing as the game was meant to be revealed towards the end of last year, but was delayed. The plot, mm. according to Gamepur, the plot of Batman Arkham Insurgency will involve a massive jailbreak from Blackgate Prison and the then-inmates of Arkham Asylum. Mm. Batman and Robin will be facing... The Joker. The Court of Owls and their talons. Oh. As the organisation has been taken over by the Owlman. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, is there an Owlman in the court? No. So Owlman... Is obviously uh, uh, the owl, owl, owl man, as in terms of the owl man, is the one from uh, uh, Earth Two, yeah, whichever e- Earth Evil is. Justice League, yeah, the antimatter universe, yeah, Justice League, Injustice League, the crime uh, syndicate. However, it seems like oh, well. if this is true, they're going to have like a Talon who is essentially like the they're... Batman sort of role, which would suck because that means another Arkham Knight. Oh, they... look, another person who's mocking you. They played with you. it. Scott kind of played with the idea in the first arc of. Court of Owls, well, the second because um, the Night of Owls, yeah, Night of yeah. Owls, because there's that guy who looks like Bruce. Oh yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Lincoln, Lincoln, that's what his name hmm. is. Lincoln Ford, um, Francis Ford Lincoln Coppola. Uh, yeah, he he <laughs> has like sort of he sort of be, sort of has like an Owlman costume, Owlman esque costume. <laughs> I think I think it's a bit on the nose. I think the Talons and the Court of Owls would be enough, but I yeah. suppose they want you to have like the boss fight one, don't they? So there's that. Owlman, yeah. the Court of Owls, the main villains of Arkham Insurgency. However, spoilers claim that Owlman will murder all the other members of the court toward the end and start targeting Batman's allies. It was revealed the court views Batman's heroics as a threat to their control, so they organize a criminal uprising to take him out. The Talons are also present as elite enemies who you never fight more than three at a time as just one character, or four to five as both characters. Elite enemies is something that apparently is being introduced, where, you know how, like, in the originals, you'd have, like, the guys with the tasers, the shock sticks, yeah, or you'd yeah. have the guys with the the knives, or you'd have the, sort of, in Origins, you have the, the tight, not Titan, the, the Venom henchmen, yeah, things like that. Yeah. Be like that, but, like, their skills match yours, so specifically you can only fight a couple of them at a time, at yeah. the most. Yeah. Um, and they would be specific sections of combat. Like, they wouldn't arrive during melee fights. It'd be, oh shit, it's a talent. Like mini bosses, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of bosses, Segment Next has reported, because these leaks have gone everywhere, that the other characters of Arkham Insurgency will be composed of, and you ready for this? The Joker. Joker is involved. 
He's always fucking involved. Joker's involved, but here's the... I'll hit you with this now. The rumour is that Roger Craig Smith has recorded all the dialogue for Batman. Troy Baker has recorded dialogue for the Joker. So yeah. so basically this would be an origin sequel. Yeah, yeah. Makes, um, makes sense. The Joker, according to one of the two leaks, isn't the main villain. He is one of the parts of the story and actively takes a back seat because he's watching what's happening unfold. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. I'd be fine with him yeah. being one of the villains. That's 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 great. I thought yeah. that's what he was going to be in Origins originally. But then um, he had to do the whole... Oh, he's taken over. Yeah. Uh, so these are the villains. Joker. Yep. Maxi Zeus. All right. Now, Arkham style, they're probably going to make him a bit more, like, violent, delusional than dude who actually has sort of convinced people to go, oh, all right, let's go along with it and mm. see what happens. Like, it's probably going to be a dude who is a bit more physical, I imagine. Uh, Maxi Zeus, for those who don't know, is a crazed dude who thinks he's Zeus. Um, and his theming is, based on who's writing it, his theming is either nutjob in a toga, yeah. who's just a danger to himself and the people around him who has to be taken out quickly, or is a mob boss whose entire theme is basically like Mount Olympus and he has like wenches and handmaidens and right-hand men who act as like you know, Aries and all this stuff. Sometimes and... he has electric powers. Sometimes yeah, sometimes he has electric powers. Sometimes he's just got big lightning bolt shaped sharp things. You know, Zeus theming. But that that could be interesting. After, I think, like, Professor Pig, if anything, was a testing of you being able to do the slightly more oddball villains. I'll say. Uh, Dollmaker. Okay. Now, I'm not too afraid with Dollmaker. I only know Dollmaker from New 52. As far as I'm aware, that's... Who is... He's the person who cuts off Joker's face. Yeah, that's Dollmaker. And then he makes an appearance as well in Catwoman, doesn't he? He was in the second arc of Catwoman so. as well. Um, I didn't follow Catwoman. Kill him off. Interesting. I'd be down with that. Yeah. He's been teased many times in the, the other games. Anarchy would make a return. Fair enough. That would make sense. Uh, Two-Face. Yeah. I'd be down All with that. Right. Uh, Blockbuster. Fucking hell. Now, which one's Blockbuster? That's uh, a deep pull. I can't think exactly. Because I, when I read that first, I was like, is that the guy who's obsessed with films? I was like, no, it's Film Freak. So I can't remember who Blockbuster is. No. But, yeah. It's a deep pull. Um, Cornelius Sturk. I have no idea who that is. Cornelius Sturk. Cornelius Sturk. Oh. The Mad Monk. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Fair enough. Give them, Make them enforcers for someone. I'll be up for that. Yeah. Dusan Al Ghul. No, fucking hell. So Raish's son? Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, Dala. Alright. Yeah, okay. same expression I gave. Uh, the Riddler. Yeah. Who will apparently feature some racetracks and less item collection, more he's got a bunch of people trussed up in horrible situations and you've got to get them out. So similar more to Arkham City and Arkham Knight rather than... Uh, Asylum and Origins of the Enigma Pact. And the one that would excite me the most, if this game is really happening, because it'd be about fucking time, Ventriloquist. Oh, yes. We've had so much Scarface in the series and not a single glimpse of Wesker, aside from his gun mounted on a wall in yeah. Asylum. Like, yeah. I'd, I'd be more than up for seeing Wesker appear in the game. I'd go for some Ventriloquist. Uh, really the, the combat has been tweaked... Uh, they're looking. They were look. They're looking to apparently hone the combat. It was pretty fucking perfect. It was night, pretty perfect, but I think and they fucked it up in Origins. Yeah, well, exactly. So, so I think what they did there is maybe they're experimenting with button layout a bit. 
and and trying to incorporate from the top the, what Arkham Knight had, which was being able to use the gadgets mid-flow seamlessly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but of course, the downside is if it's a sequel to Origins, they'll have to do something that Origins forgot to do, which is acknowledge that he doesn't have all of his equipment by this point. Yeah, because in City, it's weird when you play City. After you've played Origins, like if you play them chronologically, story-wise, because mm-hmm. you're like, hang on, in Asylum, I get it. He hasn't gone in there fully armed. Why in City is he having to relearn skills? I don't get what. Um, so they'll have to find a way around that. Um, maybe share out the things so that Robin can do certain things and Batman does the other things. They won't. They'll just ignore it. They, of course, they'll ignore it. Of course, they'll freaking ignore it. Because video games. Where do we? Where do we stand on this? I wouldn't you know, hate this. You know, it doesn't sound as bad as I initially thought when I heard Warner Brothers Montreal video game Batman. Yeah, I wouldn't um, hate this. Warner Brothers Montreal delivered, hands down, the worst parts of Night. The DLC that they worked on Which was... I've still not played. Yeah, it's not great. I've got it, I've still not played it. It's not great. Like It's the Harley Quinn, the Red Hood, and um, the Batgirl. Mm-hmm. Are, are all ones Montreal. The rest of it, I think, was Rocksteady, as far as I know. Because during their Arkham... What was it called? Arkham Insider, they were talking about, oh, hey, we're working on the Nightwing DLC, we're working on the, the Robin DLC. And it was like, okay, right, you guys have come up with this, whatever. Uh, and those ones were more sort of short challenge story modes, like, they weren't big. Yeah. Whereas the Montreal ones are two short stories and one big story with Barbara that is okay but pretty awful compared to the main game. Um, however, I I didn't think Arkham Knight was a satisfying conclusion. But even then, I'd kind of already like gone, oh, cool, so that was what a great journey we'd taken after the first two. Like In my head, I was just like, there we go. The Arkham series, that was fun. Those two games were great. Yeah. Oh, here's Origins. It's a spin-off prequel thing. Oh, that's kind of cool that it exists in its own little thing. Okay, there we go. It's not very good, though. No. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great story, it's but just it's just... not a very good game. No. Which a... is weird. They, just t- they take the same engine, they take the same mechanics, and they make them feel worse. It's really weird. It, do you know what? A lot of it's to do with the Enigma packs as well. That oh, yeah, that's yeah. some of the most frustrating. Yeah. So you've got to glide over to that and hit that pad and jump off that pad and fly back this way, and then you've got... It's like... No. Some of them were ridiculous. Yeah, even Knight got rid of that. Yeah. Like, Knight simplified them a bit. It was like, the most complicated ones were the ones where you you raced something. Yeah. You, you yeah. found the end, and there was paint on the floor, Yeah, and they were coordinates. You looked on your map, you roughly found where the start of the race was, and then you raced and all that. Like, that was that was the most annoying that got. Yeah. Um, although, to be fair, Arkham Knight, in terms of the Riddler, had the most annoying thing ever, which was the freaking racetracks. I think I've done all of them now hated them so much. I didn't hate them as much as I thought I was going to. The third one, with that up the wall thing, and then you have to sort of turn your engine yeah, off. Yeah. Just, ugh. It's a pain in the ice. But I recently finished it. I recently finished the comics, the Arkham Knight comics, which are all set in, like, the, the three months leading up to Arkham Knight. Yeah. And they, they kind of explain that away. Riddler has been funded by the Knight's Militia Fund to help make his giant racetracks just to basically distract him. Riddler's like, what if I kill him first? Knockham Knight's like, well, then you kill him first. And Scarecrow's like, what if you just kill him? Knockham Knight's like, he's not going to freaking kill him. Yeah. <laughs> he's not going to do it. Like, Batman's going to... 
Batman is going to shit all over Enigma's plans so easily. He always does. Um, so, but, like, even that, even that's stupid because it's like, oh, the comics have to explain how he's built all these giant racetracks. Um, if he's got giant racetracks in this one, I'm like, oh, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Why? Um, because the last game had them. Uh, Can't have them without now. Um, DLC has been leaked as well, apparently, like costumes, most of the usual same suspects. Yeah. Minus the Dark Knight Returns suit. That's one of the regulars that apparently isn't in there. But Batman v Superman's in there, which is basically the Dark Knight Returns suit anyway, yeah. so meh. Um, it is too small, mate. It is a way too small fan. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate this. I would definitely buy it because I have enjoyed the, the four games so far. I have two of them are in my favorite games of all time. Like mm-hmm. two of them, I absolutely adore. The other two, I had fun with. So I would happily. I would happily buy a fifth. But if we get into if we get into Assassin's Creed territory, where it just becomes ridiculous. Like, I, think I mean, they're not going out every job. year, so that's something. Yeah, at least there's a well, not yet, anyway. They this can't. Is, if this is successful, game, I wouldn't be surprised. A game this dense and well-written needs... Everything's dense, everything's so dense. They need, they need more time, and, and uh, they can't have, like, rotating teams on them, which they'd need to. Um, Just you watch them. Yeah, Those oh. teats are right for milking. Warner Brothers games don't do well enough for them to do that. Just as long as we have a fight with a Talon that is the Deathstroke fight we all wanted. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be nice. great. That'd be cool. Um, God, that Deathstroke fight is annoying. A lack of female villains in that list. If I if memory serves. Darla. Darla, okay, we've got Darla. Whoever the Darla is. Well, yes, there is that. No idea. Um, yeah, it seems a bit odd, doesn't it? You could do the female ventral list. I hope not. Because considering you've had Scarface throughout the entire thing, oh wait, are you referring to the New Fifty Two Ventures Quest or Peyton? What's the face? I don't know which the one. The one who had Scarface. What was Scarface? They've already established they've established Wesker and her. She's been established in I think Arkham City, and one of the clues was about her actually. Okay. So they've established that both of them existed in the Arkham. I don't know. I think that only happened because Paul Dini wrote for that character in the comics at one point when he did a run on the comics. Yeah. Um. And he obviously wrote the second game, so he's like, oh, go on, I'll throw in a reference to her. There we go. I don't know. I don't know! You know what else we don't know? What? Whether or not Joss Whedon is writing, directing, and producing the Batgirl movie for the DC uh, universe, or whether that's just a rumour. What are you talking about, Matt? All of the headlines on the interwebs have said that he's directing Batgirl. He's definitely doing it. He might be doing it. Yeah, he's in talks. As of today, Tuesday... Tuesday? Tuesday, the 4th of April, when I'm recording this, Joss Whedon is in talks to direct Batgirl for Warner Brothers and DC. Um, Cons. It's in the DCEU. You're going to have to work hard to sort of shake off the vibe the other films are giving off. Which is not a very Joss Whedon-y vibe. Yeah, exactly. Um, Pros. Joss Whedon directed Batgirl, man. Cons for him having to work within the studio structure once again, which is what soured him on Age of Ultron. Yeah, cons also, the internet is already angry that it's not a female director directing the Batgirl movie. To which I would say, redirect your anger to DC not having enough, uh, Warner's not having enough female directors on the slate full stop. Yeah. Like, I would... Neither company do. Like, it's not good enough. Yeah, it's, it's well, it's, it's film studios in general in terms of mainstream blockbusters. Yeah. Um, the industry. It's not Joss Whedon's fault that 
it's not a female director working on that movie. He's the director who's been assigned to that movie. But at the same time, I would rather them shake up this weird sort of stereotype, not stereotype, this weird sort of, um, this weird sort of structure that everyone's decided would make the world right again. I would rather them shake it up and be like, guess what? The director of the Batman is a female director. Yeah, that would be, that right, would like, be more interesting. Not, cause then if you're like, oh, we want all our female characters to be directed by female directors. Then you kind of pigeonhole in a female director into yeah. being able to direct films about women. But yeah. I don't think that's true. They can direct films about men. Look at The Hurt Locker. It is an incredibly masculine film. It's a film mm. about masculinity. And it is directed by a woman. Mm. So it's like don't don't be like, girls have got yeah. to direct the girls, because it's like you're not you're not actually you're not helping the situation yeah, that no, way. No. More films you're creating another box for them to be yeah. in. There yeah. should be more female directors. Yeah. It doesn't matter what Agreed. the subject matter of the film is, there should be more female directors. They are, out, they are out there, they need to be given the bigger projects. Yeah. Um, um, but on the plus side, if you're going to have a male director for Batgirl, uh, who better than the guy who gave us Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yeah, someone who's... I mean, they're all, they're all kind of the same. But he is <laughs> quite good with uh, with with female leads. Yes. Female leads. Um, so I, you know, I think it could work well for for Babs. Are we assuming it's gonna be Babs? I'd hope so. Are they gonna I freaking go, hope they gonna it's go Babs. Stephanie Brown. I'd hope Babs. I like we've we wanted to see her so long, like in a live action movie properly, so because Batgirl hasn't been in a live action movie ever before, Matt. No, she hasn't. Barbara Gordon no. hasn't been in a live action movie no, Barbara before. Gordon hasn't. Barbara. Pennyworth, or whatever her surname was, was in Batman and Robin. Uncle Alfred! Oh, look, it's a British schoolgirl, aged 18, wearing a school uniform after an 11-hour flight here Speaking to the States. Speaking with an American accent. God, I hate that. Fun movie to get drunk to. Terrible movie. Um, I took the liberty of preparing something in your size, because I know your measurements, my dear. Rubber buttocks for my knees. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> <laughs> what would have been more appropriate is if he'd made her a suit but the suit was like really kind of padded and sort of like I don't want you to die it's just like it's just like a marshmallow it's Baymax yeah just walking around like that with two little bat ears sticking out of the top just like there you go um oh god so yeah I, I mean I'd be down for it I just I can't get majorly excited simply because it's the DCEU and it's such a dour place to be. Yeah. And that's not Joss. Like, Joss, feel... Joss can do dark, disturbing, scary tones. Yeah. But his his worlds are fun also, and, and relatable. you want a movie to be? No, you want Batgirl movie to be awesome. Like... You want it to just be great and, and fun. You want it to be an adventure. Um... Sprinkle in a bit of Batman in there, like put him in there for a bit. Have like a have like a set piece in the second act where they fight alongside each other doing something. You know what I mean? What if it's like <clears throat> and make um, him fun as well? Yeah. What if it's like a flashback? Oh, so it's set before. Well, so it's set before Man of Steel, back when Batman was Batman. But do we know he was Batman? Because for all we know, he's always been. It's nice to see you playing well with others again. I know, but like... I can't imagine this Batman has ever played nice with others. But he had a career as Batman before Man of Steel. Yeah. And was in retirement, apparently. Well, it wasn't wasn't in the film. They they skirted around that when it came to the actual movie. They sort of imply that, but they never actually outright state it. Yeah. They imply imply it because Wayne Manor is in disarray. They're very vague about it. Where does he live in that movie? I can't remember. He lives in a lighthouse on the estate. 
it's on the Wayne estate, but it's like because again, that was an, another unnecessary thing. Here's Wayne Manor. Made of glass. Here's Wayne Manor. It's a shit house. It's been left to rot. Here's his lake what? house where he bones supermodels in a room made entirely of windows. And Alfred has to probably live in a shed in the ground <laughs> somewhere. Alfred used to have a really nice room in the manor. You let the manor rot, you prick. Think yeah. about that for a second. That wasn't yeah. just his house. It was Alfred's as well. Yeah. What a dick. Alfred just lives in the cave. Crying. <sighs> Crying and trying to figure out if he could marry his son for a tax break. <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh, I shall practice my curtsy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. That's not how that I hope this works all. out well, but we, I, I don't think we should spooge everywhere until it is confirmed, really. I, I, I Yeah, I mean, the more... The thing that's more concerning to me is how Joss Whedon, who is a would would fit within what, by all accounts, is a very... is probably a more restrictive studio environment than... Marvel is because... Even though they've, they, part of DC's thing from the beginning was like, yeah. we're going to let creators create. But and I, then it's so evident that they've I not done yeah, that since. I don't think we'd have had so many departing directors on The Flash. And Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman. Yeah, and um, oh, what else? Someone else was originally attached to something and they left. I don't know. Cyborg? There was an actor. Yeah, it's like Cyborg's been attached to it and obviously the actor would have signed it knowing he was going to do Justice League in a Cyborg movie and is now just doing Justice League. Like, they're not doing Cyborg, so already they've canned a project. So Dwayne Johnson's been like... attached to Black Adam for yeah. so long, and there is not a movie yet in sight. It's it's so odd. It's a very strange environment over there. Sounds I mean, like Ben Affleck walking away from the Batman and taking, handing it over to Matt Reeves. Yeah. Eventually. Eventually. After cooler heads prevail. Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't uh... it? It's, we, we, are, we are a creator-encouraging... Studio system. These movies are going to be infused with the voice of their directors. So far, that voice is whatever Zack Snyder tells them to do. And of course, that's you know that's a problem that Marvel have as well because they had the falling out with Edgar Wright over Ant Man. But at the same um, time, their films sort of they all still have a flavor. Like they play it safe to a degree. Yeah. But that's kind of fine because I, I don't want them to tell big. Um, sort of genre like cock punching levels of change stories you know what I mean mm. like Infinity War I feel will be the one where they go okay now we're going to kind of say something a bit bigger because I feel Infinity War or the, you know, the sequel to it part 2 I mean, it's called is, Infinity is going yeah, to be that's going to be the sort of conclusion to what we currently know as the Marvel Universe Yeah, that'd be great but the thing is with them as well, it's the variety of characters and stuff, the, and the tones of their individual movies. But they all still fit within sort of familiar oh, yeah. templates. Because yeah. Doctor Strange is Iron Man with magic. Yeah. Like, it, it just is. It's Iron Man, yeah. That's, yes. It just so happens to be that Iron Man is a very good film. Yeah. So Doctor Strange is a very good version oh, that of story. a very good film. Yeah. So... You know, it's yeah, it's kind of the same thing, but both those things are very good to start with. It, the, the variety of their stuff seems to rely less on the directors, more on the characters and yeah, the vibe around them. I think so. Which would be that that would be enough for me with DC as well. That would honestly be enough for me. I want the characters to speak for themselves and the directors just to bring their thing. Because like the first thought is a Kenneth Branagh movie. Yeah, but it only really in the early Asgard stuff does it feel like it's a Kenneth Branagh movie. Yeah. Uh, after that, it could be anyone. Um, you know, I think the only I think the only Avengers movie that so far is the only MCU movie that so far has felt 
like it belongs to the... No, there's two that feel like they belong to their directors, respective directors. Iron Man 3 felt like a Shane Black film. Oh boy, did it. And the first Avengers felt like a Joss Whedon movie. Yeah. Um, and I think the fact that Age of Ultron didn't is one of the things that, that upset him. Yeah. About it. Agreed. Which is which is going to be interesting to see in the DC. He's been very open since about struggling with the studio system. Yeah, he's day. not he's not like so like they're horrible people. It's terrible. He's just like I couldn't do what I wanted to do, and we got into lots of compromising and lots of arguing, and it wasn't worth it. It just wasn't worth sticking around to fight another battle after this one. Which was apparently what was happening with Edgar Wright and Iron Man before that even started. Yeah. So. Um, although we still got enough of Edgar and Joe Cornish's version of Ant-Man within the story from based on the credits story by yeah, Edgar and Wright, Joe Cornish and um, and then it says underneath and Paul Rudd and yeah. whoever the co-writer was for that one I think stuff. Peyton Reed came around and did some yeah it was, it was Paul Rudd and Peyton Reed did some rewrites on it oh. so it's, it's mostly Edgar and Joe's script but they obviously changed bits and they like and expanded Hope's role and things like that and yeah just, so. I don't know it's put it this way let Joss Whedon do his thing, and I'll be up for it. But I don't think we should. I don't think we should shoot our loads until we know that he's definitely doing it, Let or Zygons definitely not doing Zygons. it. Let Zygons be Zygons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and with that, we transfer all of our mental energy to answering your emails. Do we have any questions about Doctor Who for us to reluctantly answer? We do. Straight up. Oh my gods. We have. Tom Monty. Tom Monty! Tom Monty Python's flying question. This, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say straight up, Tom. He said it then, just Tom. He said, he said straight up, Tom. This is a fucking weird question, bro. Oh. Hit me. Hey, Christopher and Matthew. Here's a quick one for you this week. Thoughts on the WOW icon badge sticker thing that can be prominently seen on the costume of Asbill in a lot of the promotional clips. <laughs> I bloody despise it. Your sugar, Tom Monty. Sugar thing. I don't um, know what this your sugar thing is provide. I, I don't. I don't mind it, but Tom, uh, I haven't even I think, noticed it. I think. I think you are now just looking for things to be annoyed with, Tom. Yeah, I think that's I mean, what's happening here. I think. Yeah, I, I had. <laughs> I had not even noticed this. It's quite funny, though. To be fair, yes. um, right? I yeah. I wouldn't worry about it, Tom, mate. I wouldn't. Don't. I wouldn't worry your beans, son. Don't worry, um, then. But it, yeah, I know what you mean. Like it is is odd that there's a very standy out piece of costume that would stick out in so much of the promotional material that is just an incidental patch. I've not noticed it. Well, there you go. See, I'm you are not, blind. I don't know what he's talking about. Um, you know, like all of Ace's badges and everything just blend into that jacket. They were great. Yeah, th- this one really sticks out from Bill's denim jacket. I'll have to look out for it. But I, I don't think it's a reason to get really annoyed, Tom. I think Tom. You need to take a step back, Tom, and smell the grass, Tom. Not that grass. God damn it, Tom, you made a drugs reference. Inadvertently. Don't do drugs, kids. But do do grass. Chill out, my friend. Chill out. Never chill. Never chill, Um, Tom! Never chill out. Sam! We love you too much to let you slip by the wayside like that. Sam Johnson's comes in. Coming in hot. With... Hello, big damn humans. Before my question, I have a little story which I have entitled The Laughter of Mark Gatiss. What? I went to the 40th anniversary convention which announced the revival of Doctor Who. And then Mark Gatiss showed up on stage looking happy and drunkish, looking at the sign above which said, UK Gold, the home of Doctor Who. And his response to that was, 
UK Gold, the home of Doctor Who. Not anymore. And then the whole place cheered. And then he made a comment about Scream of the Shalko by saying, let's talk about Scream of the Who Gives a Shit. As after the announcement of New Who, the webcast was made redundant. Shortly after that, UK Gold stopped doing Doctor Who and then shut down altogether, which is a coincidence, but a funny one. What? So basically at this convention, he just made a big blatant statement about, screw this! And without saying it, it was basically going, I've written for the new series! That's what that sounds like. Interesting. Weird. That wasn't a question, that was just a thing. No, here's the question. Oh, tip biscuits. My question for you twos is, which is better, Doctor Who or Red Dwarf? Thanks for reading my email out, and I'm really enjoying the podcast. Thank you. From Sam Johnson. Goodbye, my dears! Does Colin Baker strangle? Nice. To who? Um, that's someone. Um, uh, Doctor, Doctor Who. who. <laughs> yeah, yeah that is not to say one is worse it's not a best and worse no, adore a dwarf recently um, we started we started rewatch for me first time for Lee we started to watch of series 11 yeah and I'm enjoying it more the second time around than I did on TX actually um even with it's weirdly abrupt endings to episodes um Red Dwarf is amazing. Red Dwarf is great, especially that first two series is its own beast and then mm-hmm. like series three to six is this beautiful chunk of television uh, and then there's some gems here and there from that point on. It's a lot more inconsistent after that. More inconsistent, but it's never, it's never. I would only say there's a few dreadful episodes of Red Dwarf. I would say that Beyond the Jokes a pretty dreadful episode. Mm. Um, and I really don't like Polymorph Two Emo Hawk. I think that is the first example of them going, "Oh, we give up. Just, just do that again." <laughs> um, yeah, put everyone okay. like the Polymorph. Do the Polymorph again. Everyone like doing Dibley, do that again. Everyone like Ace Rimmer, just do that again. It's like, oh, for God's sake. For God's sake, Niles! Um, so there's that. But, Doctor Who is just the scope of it. Like, the scale of the stories, the, the different versions of the lead character who are all brilliant in their own different, unique, weird way. And It's just that, that never-ending message of sort of hope and, and acceptance and exploration and, and all that. Like, that's very unique and not many TV shows capture that sort of wide-eyed everything's amazing kind of feel and Doc 2 at its best does that really well so Drew I think is our answer to that I think you've you've said everything I could say Drew and more oh men um finally yes our friend your friend my friend Charles Charles we are the future Charles not them they no longer matter. He says, hello, my big damn boys. Aww. Hello, Charlie! His arms um, are stretched outwards in which to embrace you, Charles. Finally caught up on the last few weeks of podcasts, uh, now that I've finally seen Logan. That's seven hours you won't get back. And one must listen in order. Um, it's a <laughs> cracking film, and I agree with you both that I think it's the best X-Men film by a fair stretch. Perhaps due to the fact that it's the least X-Men film. I think you're right there. Yeah, that's very I true. Think, that's I very think you're true. Right. Um, my question to you this week concerns the world of video games, which is a side of nerdy media that's been remained somewhat absent in the podcast so far, considering your streaming roots. It kind of has. Um, I think because there's a lot of video game. Po- I mean, there's a lot of pop culture podcasts in general out there. Mm. Um, but also, I can't really afford to keep current with a lot of it. Yeah, it is for me. Um, but um, it's a toughie. Yeah, I... we're, we're gonna put more of that stuff on YouTube. I think. Aye. With oh, big, yeah, big Damn Love will definitely spill out. My we'll next spill Big Damn Love is a, is a game. So. It is? Yeah. Oh, so. yes. I'm sure I'm which one it is as well. Uh, That's going to be good. So, yeah, you'll be seeing more of that. No, well, that is going to be good, actually. I'm sure I'm sure it is. We'll, do, we'll try um, to do some more of that on the podcast. So, but, yes. 
I've been playing <laughs> Mad Max of late. Uh, yeah, the the two thousand uh, the fifteen two thousand sixteen. Yeah. yeah, the 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 yeah. It's it's a <gasps> licensed game. What? It's by no means revolutionary in any part of its mechanics, visuals, or gameplay, but I feel like its whole is greater than the sum of its parts, and I've been enjoying it thoroughly. What games do you enjoy, or could even recommend for a new entrant into this generation of consoles, like myself, that you feel hasn't had the fanfare it deserves, or has been unfairly maligned for some reason? Ooh, so like a hidden gem of the current gen. Yes, and that's, that's a, a question after this. That's a good question. Have you got one? Um, have you got one in mind? Not immediately. How dare you? You're fired. Most of the stuff, most of the stuff that I really like that isn't loved is at, has at least got a pretty decent fan base. Yeah. Um, um. <laughs> I've I spoken think. before about some of the free-to-play stuff on on the PlayStation 4, which kind of gets overlooked sometimes because it's free-to-play and people just go, well, it's pay-to-win then, isn't it? Um, but I think Warframe and Let It Die are both worth a bit of your time um, as free-to-play games. Uh, yeah, I don't. It's not that I think that people don't like them. It's I think that they just kind of fall under the radar because because they're free to play. Yeah, they sort of they've um, slipped through the uh, the grip yeah. of everybody. The and, grip, I, and I've, if you will, I've not spent money on either, and I've had plenty of fun with both. So you know, there is that. Um, other things, Ooh, I don't know. There's only mainstream PS4 titles that I feel, or you know, big PS4 titles that I feel slipped. I think what I would say is. Now that the price has lowered on a couple of disappointments, yeah, it's worth spending the smaller amount of cash to see what what they do have to offer. Now that you're not looking through that forty five fifty pound price tag, yeah. So for example, you did that with Battlefront, didn't you? Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah. I waited till Star Wars Battlefront dropped very briefly to ten pounds in our local supermarket. Which what you're getting is probably how much you should spend on that game. It was great, and then and then I bought the DLC on sale during winter. I bought like the mission packs. Yeah. For and it was twelve ninety nine, so yeah. I spent twenty three quid on that game, and I've got a pretty decent, like, massive multiplayer and local multiplayer experience for that price. Had I bought it at a full price, I would have felt very, very pissed off. Mm. So, for example, I've 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 been tempted because it keeps being reduced on the PSN sales lately. Now that No Man's Sky is a fourteen ninety nine title in a lot of places, maybe it's worth visiting. I don't know though, from what I've seen it. I was really, because, because that I was, feels a lot more like the indie game that it actually turned out to be, rather than the big scale thing that Sony was sucking the dick off for so long. And similarly, yeah. the the order, the order eighteen sixty six, that is now also usually between um, ten pounds and fifteen pounds on a lot of the PSN sales. Yeah, because again, visually really nice, but way too short, but longer than your average indie game. Well, well I don't know. It's apparently um, about a six hour campaign. So in terms of it, it's very short. For it is, but but if we're if we're looking at indie games along the lines of, for example, we played like Firewatch, which was a really cool, fun experience. But, but it was what? It was three hours. It was three hours. Yeah. So if you're going to pay something around that price and you get a six-hour campaign, something that you, utilizes the best of the graphics cards for next gen. The difference for me graphics there is, cards, is I can see myself it. replaying Firewatch, like I rewatch an old, like a favorite movie. Yeah, but you might do that with from what I've heard that with the order, order. It doesn't have anything worth replaying it for. Like it's got a lovely lamp. Hats, Look so. at the lamp. I love lamp. Um, um, so I, I'd, I'd say that. I'd say, I'd say if you're going to spend money on something you're looking for a hidden gem, maybe spend a reduced price on some of the stuff that got 
ribbed for being too little for the full price. Yeah, maybe. Maybe now's the time to splash out on that sort of stuff. Or... Um, but if I, had to, if I had to pick, like, the essential title, it's not an overlooked one. If, if I had to pick, like, the PS4 title to play, I'd, I hate to sound like the broken record of, of every bit of print and web media from last year, but Uncharted 4 would be the one I'd recommend for people. Yeah, but that wasn't, under, that wasn't underrated. No, that wasn't. That's what I'm saying. That, yeah. that doesn't... Unfortunately, um, that doesn't fall into that category. But if you want me to pick, like... Oh, you've got PS4. You mm. need to play this. It'd be Uncharted Four. I think Fallout Four was overrated. Yeah, like, as someone who was really excited for it, you like, you went in and out of that relatively I, quickly. I spent a long time trying to convince myself that I'd made a good decision by purchasing this game. I did not. Don't play Fallout Four. Stick with Fallout Three. Mm. If that mm. depends what you're playing it on, but like PS3. No. Oh, Bethesda games are. Oh. Shit on PS3, PC. If you can, yeah. Yay! Sky- I can't. Skyrim is borderline unfucking playable on PS3, and I know I have tried. I have spent hundreds of hours on PS3 Skyrim, and it's fucking broken. And I don't know how I did it without snapping the controller in half and just beating myself to death with the shards of Jewel Shock. Like, <laughs> the dual shock shards. That sounds like I, a collectible item know. in Skyrim. Um, I don't know. You can bring me the dual shock shards from the mountains of Matskull. Then I will. <laughs> I will reward you. I think there are some really with sixty fps. Some really cracking games on the previous generation that you can pick up for dead cheap now. Yeah, which well worth looking at. But on this current generation, I think most of the most of the stuff which hasn't done well critically hasn't done well critically because it hasn't been worth playing. Mm. Um, although I know, I know Charlie you played the first Watch Dogs so you know and I think you, I can't remember what, how you felt about that but that was something that that didn't do that well but um, apparently the new Watch Dogs Watch Dogs 2 is very good apparently um, fixed a lot of problems with it um, aside from that I'd just say indie games there's yeah. a nice range of indie games yeah, um, there's PlayStation been a, there's 4 been a lot of PSN stuff, a lot of stuff that's come down the pipe from, from PlayStation Plus which I've really enjoyed that I hadn't heard of before and wouldn't have come across um, like uh, Rebel Galaxy which is real fun Valiant Hearts um, Valiant great, Hearts Great War um, um, Limbo that hasn't come to PSM but any version of Limbo is worth playing at least once but again Limbo was very Limbo and Valiant Hearts both did very well critically yeah so it's that uh, I'm thinking of things like I really um, liked uh, I got obsessed with it actually Counter Spy Counter Spy yeah that was a lot of fun. I've since played it on the Vita as well, um, and on the Vita it's a little more gripping even, because you're like, oh god, I'm staring at this tiny screen! Yes! Um, Trying not the, to get shot. It's things like that, it's the indie games like that that come to mind, but again, they often do quite well critically, but they're just not as well known. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's a tough one, that. I'll have a think about that. Go buy a PS3, um, is what we're basically saying. You already got one. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, um, question the second. Question U. Branching out again from your usual modus operandi into the world of professional wrestling. Oh, I. As you may be aware, The Undertaker's finally hung up his giant hat and trench coat, (laughs) closing the chapter on one of the longest and storied careers in the industry, which I presume all of us were fans of at one point or another. Because what about an enormous, tattooed, red-headed man who has magic lightning powers, sometimes crucifies his enemies, and has a literal demon sibling isn't there to like? (laughs) Do you have a wrestling favorite... is so dumb. Do you have I love any it. Any favorite memories of the Dead Man or wrestling in general? Is it something a grown man like myself should even be admitting to watching? As always, love always and kisses you, sweet beasts. The Undertaker made me watch wrestling. I 
See, as as a kid, I was never before. So it used always, to be on Sky One for me as a kid. I've always had a weird relationship with wrestling because I've always wanted to be super into it. Yeah, but I've never had the means to watch it. Yeah, like, I know I, you I, we, we had we we had a Sky Box at my mum my mum's for about two years. I never had a Sky Box growing up as a kid. When I did yeah. get digital, finally, when I got, I never get, didn't get Sky. I've always got whatever the other company was. So I never the had BT Sky Sports. Virgin, so yeah. never, the the best time I had for it was when WCW finally came to terrestrial TV. Yeah, and I watched some of that, and got, but then it was missing the name wrestlers like The Undertaker, which I really wanted to spend time watching. Yeah, um, we we had Sky for like two years, so in that two years, me and my little brother became obsessed because Saturday mornings from like eleven till one p.m. Saturdays was like when they'd show the repeats, they'd show like the main American program yeah. in the morning because they knew that it was Saturday morning cartoons on Sky One on Saturday morning. And then wrestling. They knew they had the kids glued to the box till I, 1 p.m. every Saturday. I spent... It was amazing. A lot of time playing WWF Attitude. Oh, yes! On the PS1. Attitude, Raw on the N64 was what I played a lot. Yeah. And Smackdown 2 on the PS1 is still one of my favourite games, um, actually. I... Um, oh, God, wow. Yeah. We have to revisit that one on a stream. I watched Undertaker versus Mankind mm. when I was in primary school at a mate's house who had Sky. And was like, this is fucking awesome. And then he wasn't able to watch wrestling for again for years after that because it just wasn't fucking on anything I could watch. I I, wa- I watched um, it a bit. I liked that. I remember liking The Rock. Who doesn't like the fucking Rock, man? Yeah. Well, this was this was wrestler Rock. This was back when his character was sort of like an arrogant prick and everything. Yeah. But he was a lot of fun to watch. And then all of a sudden, in like my third watch, I was only sort of half watching it, but yeah. my third watch. This undead, like, witch man suddenly comes out and has a fight. See, and I'm like, what are you? And I can I see more of you? The, 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 when I was more most exposed to wrestling, because I think, uh, if I remember correctly, at some point in the early 2000s, they did do a WWF, or WWE it was then, uh, by then, um, show on terrestrial TV on a Sunday. I think it was called Heat or something like that. He's um, and at that point, um, he was in his American badass phase. Yeah, and this was like in the midst of new metal, so he came out to American Badass by Kid Rock, of all people, and that's the Undertaker. Where I'm like, he's fucking awesome. <laughs> um, you are the cut. And the world. But also, that was the that was the time when I when I was able to watch the most wrestling. I thought about getting a WWE Network subscription, but yeah. one, I can't afford it, and two, I would disappear down a dark hole of watching all the wrestling that there's ever been. <laughs> all I'd the wrestling never come up for air. All the wrestling, all of the time. Not only did WWE hold all their back catalogue, they also have the all WCW stuff now. Have they? They've got all of all of it? Yeah. They own WCW. Hot damn. So all that shit's on there as well. Of course, because there was a big crossover period, I think, in the early 2000s. They bought them. Where they just, like, they, they have, like, they, they sort of did a thing of having their wrestlers, like, appear in yeah, their yeah. stuff. And I guess it was because they were buying them at that point. It was like, let's do it. Let's just merge. Because that was how Hulk Hogan came back to Thingy. Like, because yeah. he was at the WCW. And that's right. why Sting left WCW, because he didn't want to wrestle for WWE. Ah, right. So he ended up in TNA. Right, okay. I think WWE bought out TNA. <laughs> so we ended up going back there. But I, I do want to get... I'm, I'm peripherally aware of wrestling from 
other podcasts I listen to from other things I watch on YouTube and stuff. So, but I, I just don't have the opportunity to follow it closely. Yeah. Um, sadly. Yeah. Um, all I know is, all I know of current wrestling is John Cena's a pretty cool guy. Like, just seeing him talking and stuff and, and taking part in things outside of it all, I'm like, you seem like a really nice, well put together dude who's got a good heart. I wouldn't know. I can't see him. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> hey! That's terrible. I know, um... That joke was terrible. I... And its name was John Cena! <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I know yeah. that... The... I know he proposed during WrestleMania this year. The Hardy Brothers made a comeback? Yes, I've seen um, some stills of that. That that took me back. So that, like, oh shit, it's Matt and Jeff. Yeah. Not to be confused with Mutt and Jeff. Um, I don't think confused with the Hardy Boys. Yeah. Who go around solving mysteries well. Unless... <laughs> Unless they do solve mysteries in their spare time. Um, oh god. So yeah, I know that happened. I know the Undertaker lost his his final match, but he retired. Like he retired with pride and stuff. Like he ended it with pride. Yeah, was it Ronald Reigns, Reigns or something? Was the guy Roman Reigns? Roman Reigns. Ronald yeah. Reigns. Ronald McDonald versus Ronald the McDonald versus the uh, Robocop was on WWE once. Chucky was on WWF once promoting Brad Chucky. He appeared on the screen and threatened oh. someone. Um, that's when it's dumb. That's when it's. That's when I was. I was like, even as a kid, I was like, okay, this is really stupid. Goldust fought Stephen Amell because he likes Arrow. That's a thing. That that's a, that's a thing that happened. So that's 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 that happening, and them going, hey Arrow, we want to do a promotion. That event. happened. That's the thing, isn't it? Oh, we're going to do a time promotion. What's going to happen? Well, we're randomly going to get into an argument in the ring, and then a wrestler is going to perform a move on the star of the thing. Or the star of the thing is going to do a move on a wrestler, <laughs> and then we're going to obviously like flash a trailer up, and then we'll move on. At the same time, I genuinely admire the athleticism involved to pull it all off, but it is the dumbest thing, and it's so much fun. If you've not seen it, that's the pleasure. A lot That's of the, the pe- a lot of the people who listen to our thing have probably noticed that we always tend to cite Max Landis a lot. Go watch Wrestling Isn't Wrestling on YouTube. Oh, that yes. sums it up beautifully. Wrestling is wonderful. It's the story of Triple H. I just it's wish, great. I just wish I spent more time watching it, but I don't have anything to watch it on. Watch it on me. I'll project it on my large, large, uh, swole, totally woke back. I think that's a good place to end this. Is it? Well, I know what I need to go and do now. Oh. <laughs> now, did you spot the ice cream moment? <laughs> if you did, write in to Big Damn Cast. One, two, three. This address isn't real. P.O. Box. Yeah. We'll see you next week for some more Big Damn Cast. In the meantime, you can hit us up. Send us an email. BigDamnContact at gmail.com. How do you remember that? It's the thing that Patrick Troughton says when John Pertwee's in the room with him. BigDamnContact.com at gmail.com. Damn it! BigDamnContact at gmail.com. You know it by now. Uh, and also you can hit us up on Twitter at BigDamnCast. BigDamn channel on YouTube for new content all the time. Uh, until next time, Matt will leave you with these parting words of wisdom that he was once told on a sailboat in the most crucial year of his life as he was about to join the army. Matt. Don't drink the water. Till you've pissed in it. Wise words. Is that why you made me drink that bottle of water before we started? Where did you get it from? I secrete it, naturally. Oh, that's a word I don't like. I always carry a plastic (laughs) spare in case I have to fill it with discharge. Oh, God. Bye! Bye!
how many fingers do I need to put down my throat to get this out? Um, it's too late, isn't it? You can have you can have some of mine if you like. Oh God! Stick them all get in them my down mouth. There. Uh, a whole hand. Oh God! Wow! Whoa! Mm! 